Crispin here on the North Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. Today on the podcast, we are uh, actually going to be taking a break from the series we started last week because um, I really felt uh, needed to address some of the issues going on in the world. So the title of this message today is, uh, What in the World Are We to Do? Uh, this is a message where I just shared some thoughts on what it means to be a follower of Jesus in, in such trying times. We also took communion and, and spent some time praying. So um, let's go ahead and head to the talk. North Shore Vineyard Church, downtown Covington. I was going to continue the series that we started last week on the Holy Spirit. Uh, we will continue that. Um, but I, I just I just felt like in light of recent world events, um, I I just wanted to spend a little time addressing, you know, what... <laughs> What the, what in the world do we do here? You know what what is going on? What is the response uh, that we have, even as Christ followers? You know, I, I think the last few weeks really seem like some of the darkest weeks that that I've experienced in my whole life. I mean, it just you know, when we think back in the in the last month, you know, we have the the tensions between um, the Ukraine and Russia. We've got an Ebola outbreak in, in West Africa. We have thousands of children who are crossing our borders, fleeing from horrible situations in Honduras and Guatemala and, and Mexico. Uh, we have the, the girls that got kidnapped in, in, by the Boko Haram in Nigeria. We have um, the, the tensions in the Middle East, uh, whether Syria, Iraq, um, and, and even Israel and Palestine, where, where thousands of people have been displaced. Many, many have been uh, injured or even killed uh, by this uh, horrible violence going on. And it, it seems like in a typical week, I can handle one, one or two stories. But I don't know, just this week when I read the stories of, of what this uh, ISIS group was doing to Christians in Iraq, you know, beheading children... Uh, selling Christian women into slavery, I just, I don't know about you, but I just got to a point where I'm just like, it's, it's just a mix of anger and sadness and just feeling overwhelmed. You ever feel like that? Like, you just watch it, and, and if it was just something going on in Covington, you, you might feel like you had some way to deal with the situation, something that you could contribute, but it, it's, it's, it's part of it, it, it just feels, you feel so helpless because these people are all the way around the world. Your heart breaks for them. And, 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 and yet at the same time, there's just this, this sense of wanting justice, wanting, you know, God, stop these people, stop these monsters, kill them all. I felt that way a couple of times this week. And that's hard for me because I, I got to say that, that as, a, as, a, <laughs> as a follower of Christ, I sincerely believe with all my heart, I stake my life on the fact that I think the ways of Jesus are the only hope for this world. When I look at Israel and Palestine, I think the only hope for that situation is that the ways of Jesus break the cycle of retributive violence. That's the only hope I see. Because it's other than that, it's eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. It's the same thing that's been going on for hundreds of years. The only thing that can break the cycle of that, I believe with all my heart, is Jesus. 
But when I see the, 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 the horrible brutality, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm confounded. How can, you even, how can you even think you could ever reconcile with such people that would do such horrible, horrible things? And so I'm, I'm, I'm struggling in my faith this week, which is not what you want a pastor to do, hopefully. <laughs> I, I wish that I had answers. I wish I had some cut and dry thing that, that could answer it. But I, I got to be honest, most of the things that I hear Christians saying, they just say, sound so hollow and trite, you know? Well, God's in control. Well, that doesn't, if this is God in control, it doesn't give me any comfort. I have to be honest. I have to be honest. I can't just chalk this up to, oh, well, God's, God's got it. I, I believe ultimately, yes, God is in control. But when I look at this world, I don't see God's will being done. I don't see that God's behind this stuff. He's the enemy of it. And I can't be content with, oh, well, thank God that we're just blessed over here. Because that sounds pretty dang hollow, too. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm thankful. I am thankful. But I don't take comfort in that. I don't take comfort that... Let me get it together here. I'm sorry. <laughs> You know, a friend of mine posted something on Facebook the other night, well, the other day. First, it started with, and, and what was unusual about this guy, he is a peace activist. You know, he's, he's definitely one of these guys that, that believes that, that, that the ways of Jesus are the ways of peace. And, and, and he champions that. Um, but he, he even got on Facebook the other day. He's like, I got to break character for a minute. He's like, when I see this stuff going on, I just want to bomb them all. I want to blow them off the face of the map. They make me so angry for what they're doing. And I thought, wow, this guy's. I would never hear him say something like that. And he's like, I know this is wrong to feel this way, but that's the way I feel. And I'm like, I, I do too. And I don't like that I feel that way. Because I do believe where Jesus says, love your enemies. But, doggone it. Really? And a friend of his told him, why don't you take all this anger you're feeling and, and write a psalm of lament? And I want to share that with you this morning because I've, I've tried to even figure out what to say today. I, I think I found more comfort in the words that this guy wrote than uh, anything I could come up with. This is a psalm for the persecuted in Iraq. Lord... I woke up today with your sun shining on me and your birds singing. I go to sleep weeping in anguish. I have seen the pictures, Lord Jesus, of your little children, bodies torn, blood poured out to Molech. I weep and my eyes have run dry. Lord, I've sought to follow you, to learn your ways and to live in peace. I've sought to know you and your love and to share that love with all others. But tonight, a fury has been stoked within my breast, and a hot breath is ripped from my lungs. A breath of anger, of injustice unrequited, 
And like those I so despise, those brutal butchers, those false priests, I too seek blood for justice, for vengeance, for peace as the world gives. Lord, I don't seek your blood which spoke a better word of mercy and forgiveness. For tonight I hear the voices of the blood of innocent children which cries from the ground and my ears are full of their screams, their fears, and their anguish. I never wanted to hear such voices, Lord Jesus. I never wanted to live in such a world as this. I hate, I despise, I loathe these murderers of tiny hands, these rapists of your children, these hangmen of Molech. My heart burns within me, and I'm torn between carrying a cross and inflicting a crucifixion on my enemies as they have done to others. Selah. But you, O Lord, you know the dawn from the dusk and the beginning from the end. You know my heart and the heart of every man, woman, and child who take their last breath as their last blood pours out. For you, O Lord, have been our victim. You have been our sacrifice. You have been tortured by injustice, brutalized by power, and broken by the hands of the wicked. Lord, in your mercy, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to allow your spirit to breathe new life in me. Teach me how to walk in a world strewn with landmines, IEDs, and hatred. Show me a path of peace, for I cannot find it on my own. Show me your path and hold my hand, for I am shaking. I do not ask, that you, I do not ask you to dry my tears but to teach me how to weep for my enemy. Open my eyes to your faithfulness and the promise of a day when all this death shall forever be wiped away. Selah. I like that psalm because it gets down to the heart of it for me. I remember you two wrote a song years ago called Peace and Peace on Earth and talked about you become a monster so the monster will not break you. We're faced with a, a choice right now as the church. We can, we can get sucked down into depression, into despair, or we can even kindle our hearts towards hate and anger towards our enemies. It's a choice. And Christians have taken that path for hundreds of years, and it's never borne good fruit. In fact, a lot of the stuff we see in the world today is the fruit of that. But today, I want us, we're, gonna, we're going to, I'm going to invite Al and Judy up here, and we're going to spend some time taking communion, reflecting on Jesus. Because, you know, as much as I hate to see what's going on with the Christians in Iraq, the truth is that Christianity was started with a guy who was crucified on a cross, brutally. Christianity, for, for many in the world throughout history, has never been a safe religion. We don't face much persecution over here in America today. But that hasn't been the norm throughout history in most of the world. And so, 
today as we take communion, let's realize that we ourselves are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And this body is broken today in various parts of the world. So we take the body and we remember Jesus. And we remember our brothers and sisters who are facing horrible things today. Those who are hungry and thirsty, who are on the run for their lives. Those who've been displaced, those who've lost homes. We remember them today. And we take the cup representing the blood of Christ, the new covenant and we just, we, we remember that God is near to the broken. And as we sang time and time again this morning, he will not let us go. His blood does speak a better word for us and for this world. So I'm going to invite Alan Judy up here. And uh, I, I don't know, um, I guess we have to do this somewhat structured this morning because uh, um, we got so many people. So how about we do it this way? How about we start on this side, back row first, and then kind of work our way through this. And uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to lead us in some worship, a time of reflection. And, uh, and then when we get done with that, what we're going to do is have a time of corporate prayer together, okay? All right, feel free to come up whenever you want. We are going to uh, close here in just a moment by uh, praying together for all these situations. But as a pastor, I just want to give a few pastoral words today before we do that. What do we do? What in the world are we to do right now? We are faced with the temptations of just ignoring what is going on, sticking our head in the sand. Uh, is thanking God that we are blessed and that we're not going through it. We're faced with the temptation of anger, of, of hatred. We're faced with the temptation to despair and fear. But we need to remember a few things. We need to remember that even Christianity, uh, that it's, it was started as a persecuted religion. And it's always had its most shining moments in times of persecution. So as much as I hate to see what's going on, I know that the very strength of God is revealed even in the suffering of His people. I take comfort that the writer of more than half of the New Testament was an ex-terrorist. We don't think about Paul that way. But Paul was the kind of guy before he met Jesus that was hunting down people who disagreed with him, breaking up their families and having them killed. We would call that a terrorist of the religious variety. When I look at some of the evil being done today by uh, terrorist groups, I pray that we have a Paul in there somewhere. Someone who thinks they're fighting for God that will actually bump into the real Jesus. You know, Paul was devout. In his former life, he was named Saul. He was devout. He was sincere. And, 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 and he, meant, he, he followed God with conviction, yet he realized one day he bumps into Jesus on the way to persecute more Christians on the road to Damascus. And when he bumps into Jesus, what does Jesus say to him? Jesus says, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Was Paul actually fighting Jesus? Well, Jesus said, yeah, because Paul was actually attacking the body of Christ. 
is attacking the body of Christ. And I believe that even Stephen, the first uh, martyr of the church, who Paul consented to his martyr, Paul was the guy proceeding over the event. Everybody brings Stephen's cloak and lays it at, at Paul's feet. I believe the image of Stephen, it says that, that in Acts, his face was like the face of an angel. As he was getting stoned to death, he extended the same forgiveness that Jesus extended on a cross. And I believe that image of Peter, I mean of Stephen, when he was getting martyred, stuck with Paul like a bad dream, a thorn in his conscience. When Jesus says, Paul, it's not easy to kick against the goads, is it? I believe the goads were, were the martyrdom of Stephen, the first martyr in the church that Paul had to see with his own eyes, that image. And I trust, I trust that, that even though I, it breaks my heart, that God will show himself through his people. That even enemies of humanity and enemies of God will come to know who Christ is. And let's remember that, that we're not left alone in our prayers. I, I take great comfort in Romans 8, uh, 25. It says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness when we don't know what we ought to pray for. Anybody there? <laughs> the Spirit Himself, the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. We have the Spirit of God within us. And even when we're too confused to pray, even when we don't know, He's right there. You are not alone in your, in your sorrows. You're not alone in your confusion. God's Spirit is right there. Know that. Remember that. Take comfort in that. And finally, take action. I think the, the worst thing that can happen when we watch the news, man, I, I disconnected cable a couple of years ago because I was just addicted to watching cable news. It, it is an addiction. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a quite common addiction I'm seeing lately. Uh, turn it off, you know? But I, I can tell you, even without, I, I haven't watched a, a solid news program in a long, long time, and I'm still depressed with the amount of news that I get. <laughs> it's still coming at me. But the thing is that when we just saturate ourselves so much, in, in, in even in news, even in staying informed, sometimes it, it makes us feel powerless and weak, like we can't do anything. Sometimes we're overwhelmed and we do nothing. Don't let that happen. Do something. The first thing you can do is, is pray. Turn your fear and your anger and your confusion into prayer. Talk to God about it. Let him know. And it, it can be like, I mean, read Psalms. It can be one of those kind of prayers too. Like, God, where are you? That's okay. That's permitted. Pray. Seek out community. I think one of the things that helps me more than anything right now, I've had several conversations with folks in this church in the last week just talking about this stuff, just venting. Don't, don't, don't struggle through this stuff alone. Wrestle with it in community. We're here for one another. Be the body of Christ to each other. Support those who are working for peace in the region. I think one of the, you know, I told Dina the other night, you know, and I, was, I hadn't even moved on to the Iraq stuff, but the, the Israel-Palestine stuff. I'm like, I wish I could just go over there and do something. She's like, what, what, what can I do? I don't know. It's part of me that feels compelled to, but I know that there are people on the ground who are doing something. 
in Iraq. I put a post to this on our Facebook page. If, you're, uh, if you follow us on Facebook, there's an organization called um, Foundation for Relief and Reconciliation in the Middle East. It's in Baghdad. I think it's one of the only churches in Baghdad. It's an Anglican church, and they are working to bring relief to people who need it, but also working for making peace. They're working for reconciliation. Those two things need to be paired up, and, 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 th- and that's happening. Uh, I, I sent a donation to them yesterday. You can do it online. Um, take action. If you can't go over there or if you can't do anything, then, then, then help support the people that are. Give them financial support. Um, Finally, do not despair. If you read Psalm 55, it's a, it's a horrible psalm. <laughs> the psalmist is just going, God, I look out into the city, and, and the city's filled with violent people who are evil and just want to destroy the lives of people. But he also says in, in Psalm 55, verse 22, Cast your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Even in the midst of horrors, He will never let the righteous be shaken. And then finally, what I want to say today is, do not fear. Do not fear. Our temptation is to, to become overwhelmed by stuff and to just be afraid. You know, the world's going to end and, 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 and things are just coming apart at the seams. Don't fear. I think, you know, the, the book of Revelations has been one of the scariest books in the Bible, and, and duly so, it's a scary-looking book, you know, and a lot of people get all distracted on conspiracies of who's going to be, you know, the Antichrist and the beast and all this stuff, and, but you know, one of the main points that people miss in Revelations is, is that it was an actual letter to a church that was being persecuted, and the point of Revelation is it may look like Caesar's winning right now, it may look like Rome has the last word, but guess what, there's another king on his throne and his name is Jesus. And he's overcome, and he hasn't overcome with, with a sword or with armies or bombs or missiles. He's overcome by self-sacrificial love. That's how he's done it. And 1 John says, First uh, John one eighteen says, there is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. If we're in Jesus, we have that perfect love. We don't need to be afraid. We can take comfort that he's won. The powers of this world are nothing compared to the love revealed in Christ. Live in that love. So finally, today, I want to close with a corporate prayer. We don't do things like this a whole lot, but um, I put it in your bulletin. For those of you who can read your bulletin, we need to get some more ink for our bulletin uh, printer. (laughs) And we're working on the TVs, too. We've been working on them for a month. We're trying to solve the problem. Sorry we don't have a TV back there, but... uh, Today, this is kind of a call and response kind of prayer. Um, if you turn your attention to the screen or your thing, y'all are going to do, I will do the stuff that is italicized. Y'all do the stuff that's in bold. Okay? Why don't y'all stand up and we're going to pray this all together now. We lift our eyes up to the mountains. Where does our help come from? We pray now for our world in all its beauty and conflict. Your kingdom come. For those in Gaza, Israel, and Palestine. For those in Ukraine and the surrounding areas. For those in Iraq and Syria. 
for all of our sisters and brothers in Christ who are being oppressed and persecuted. For those afflicted by Ebola in Africa. For children who are victims of violence and political unrest. For all those in pain, hungry, and destitute, both abroad and at home. Let's say this together. (laughs) May we, your people, carry your presence, peace, and love into a broken world. We look to Jesus Christ as our light and to his cross and empty tomb as our hope. And together we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all for coming this morning. If you'd like to stick around and get some personal prayer, we will have some people up here at the front from our prayer team to pray with you. God bless.